Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, madam of a secret society, author of permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and remove the mask. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I'm your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have a very unique one in seven billion kind of guest. Her name is Susie Ashworth. She's a mum of three, seven-figure serial entrepreneur, Hay House author, keynote speaker, host of the Limitless Life Experience podcast, and transformational and embodiment coach. Susie helps female entrepreneurs create six-figure breakthroughs in their business and make quantum leaps in their personal lives through the pillars of self, wealth, spirit, and impact via her group program, The Freedom Experience, high-level mastermind Illuminate, and sold out one-to-one. Adding to that, it's her mission to impact one million women through her work by 2023. She's one of those rare gems that's both magnetic and radiant. And just a word of warning, once you're in her world, there's a high probability you'll be Susified. Mm. She's a fellow Lutheran and word of affirmation lover. I adore her. I love her deeply. And I'm fortunate enough to call her my mentor. Susie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And outside of the bio that I prepared... (laughs) me personally but the team thank you for just yeah your love and kindness and I appreciate you oh I appreciate you so much um yeah so much has changed for me since I entered your orb and I still think back to the day that I saw one post in your stories that said are you ready for you know a six-figure breakthrough and something in me just said right back to her <laughs> and so started um our relationship and I just love how you held me and coached me and shone a light on on all of the truths that I didn't want to see and um you're an absolute seer of women and I just think it's such a gift such a gift <laughs> so um Susie here on the podcast we get pretty deep kind of quickly. I like the deep conversations in life. Small talk doesn't really do it for me. Mm. So I want to start by asking you about the bathroom stall moments in life. Now, I define the bathroom stall moment as one in which you're trying to hold it all together as everything else feels like it's falling apart. You want to be seen and simultaneously invisible. Have you ever had a bathroom stall moment in your life and feel free to substitute with car or office stall and can you share it with us? I mean, a trillion. I've had many, many, many. The one that came up as you were just explaining was around, I think it was must have been my 33rd birthday and I had given birth to my son almost 
10 years ago. So I'd given birth to my son. And up until that point in my life, it had very much been all about me. And I would have a birthday month and, you know, we'd have at least three or four parties. And, you know, I was the center of everything. And after I had him, that was no longer the case. And I remember feeling really unseen. Mm. I really felt that my husband didn't see me. My sister didn't see me. I felt very isolated and alone, I think, probably for the first time in maybe the, maybe the first time in my adult life. Mm. And I remember wanting to be heard. And I remember reaching out to my husband and saying, like, I don't feel great and just not getting the response that I had wanted because not only had it all been about me, but up until that point, I'm always the positive one. I'm always the upbeat one. I'm always the strong one. And so when I do display weakness or vulnerability, or at least back then, it, it made people feel uncomfortable. They didn't really know what to do with it. And probably when I take full responsibility, the communication of my vulnerability probably wasn't helpful either. I wanted people to know that I needed to be held and I needed to be seen and supported. And I probably wasn't very good at communicating that in a way that could be received. And so, yeah, I remember I didn't have postnatal depression, but I just remember feeling like not myself. Hmm. 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 And what do you think if you could go back now and say to your sister, say to Jerome, what would you what advice would you give them as to the ways that they could have held you through that moment in time? Oh, good question. I don't know whether I would give them any advice. I think probably I would give myself the advice. Mm. And that advice would be to not wait because this was, this had been building up you know, and to not wait until you feel like crap to ask somebody for help, Ooh, you know, yeah. reach out when you're not feeling good. And I think the other thing is just know, and this applies to every season of life, that things change and you change mm. and trying to hold on to what was or expect things to be the same as they were before evolution happened is a real fast ticket to nowhere you know it doesn't yeah. get you anywhere and so I think that there was there was you know the advice would be around acceptance of mm -hmm. newness and change and being okay with not being the strong one, the positive one, the upbeat one all of the time and understanding that when that is the role that you play, sometimes it is going to take, it's going to require you to speak a little bit more 
deeply, more impactfully, more from the heart when you do need that support because people might miss it. And that's not their fault. That's just the game that you have been playing. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm putting some pieces together just as you're listening. Are you saying, when you say speak more from the heart, are you saying that at other times when strong people are feeling vulnerable and trying to communicate that to significant others in their life, are you saying that it tends to maybe more come from the head or more come from a strategic place then it can lose its depth in a way. Um, Whereas, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think depending on where you come from, what your experiences Mm. are, everybody they're all different. But for me as an individual, and this is something that I've only learnt over the last couple of years, is that I put barriers up around my heart from a Mm. very young age because I got let down. And so uh, that my strength and positivity and all of that acted as a barrier, as protection. And so uh, I think that it's it's ha- it's hard for people to like for me to let people in like right into the centre. And so if you want then people to help and support you and love you in the way that you want to be loved then you have to let those barriers down yeah and have you been able to let those barriers down in recent years I think that I've got better at knowing myself and in that knowing of my I think you can't let other people in until you go in Mm. (laughs) you know Mm. it's like love me love me but if you are hiding and locking bits away of yourself then uh, you can't get that depth and so I think that I have got better at I think as I have a much better awareness of myself and a much deeper acceptance of myself more love more compassion for myself and I think that that makes me an easier person to be around and love and support. Yeah. Not the easiest, but it definitely <laughs> makes it easier. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on it still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Um, just going back to your experience, do you think that there was a sense of necessity of you feeling that isolation and that loneliness at that point in time? Was there something that you learned about yourself or some sort of gold that came through that even though what you actually wanted was to be held, to be seen, to be heard? I think that every situation is useful. And so whilst as we're sitting here now, I'm like, this, that, it wasn't a, this is the moment, mm. you know. I've got lots of negative stories where very clearly that was the moment that I learned something profound. I wouldn't say that in that moment um, I had that aha, but, you know, the reason why we're talking about this now is that I was learning that I needed, that, that I needed more for myself and from others and that was a you know a a a moment in time 
where that awareness was ignited. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, I was lucky enough to attend the One Live in January. Mm. It's your three-day annual event to get women juiced up for the year. That's what I call it. It's the event to get Mm. women juiced up for the year. Uh, And you graciously weaved in aspects of your own story to connect with us all on the theme of wealth in particular. Mm. You went on to share that you were adopted at three months old to your gorgeous, incredible working-class parents. You grew up observing that if you wanted something, you could get it, but you had to work really hard. Mm -hmm. And that even though you got what you needed, the message you received is that money doesn't come easily. Mm -hmm. You went on to say there would be just enough to get what I wanted. And I took that with me into work and entrepreneurial endeavors. So Susie, what's your secret as how, as to how you full, sorry, finally edged past the just enough mentality and into the complete abundance you preach and practice today? Can I just say, wow, Lauren, you were like listening. <laughs> <laughs> you were taking, taking notes. notes. <laughs> 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 Definitely listening. Um, it's my job. <laughs> I think that the first, so there was there was one moment quite early on actually in my entrepreneurial business that I remember as quite significant when it came to releasing, releasing some of that story. And the question that was asked was, um, do you, are you supported? Do you feel supported? And the way that that question was asked was in relation, the context of life, is life supporting you? And um, I realized that I was living my life and showing up in my business as though I wasn't being supported. I had, and again, it's that same pattern. So if you think that I had my son when I was 33, I decided that I was going to become an entrepreneur, but I didn't give up my, I, I went on mater- went on maternity leave with my second child two years later. That's when I retrained. And then I had another year. So this theme comes back. And so I'm doing this program and the question is, is do you feel supported? And I realized that I didn't feel supported. I realized that my attitude was unless I do everything myself, unless I hold everything myself, nothing is ever going to get done. So it was a real, I can only rely on me and it has to be, it's going to be hard work because I can only rely on me. Like I'm holding all of the plates. Mm. Um, And I realized I had this like, oh, and in the next moment, there was an awareness that this was not true. Where that awareness came from, I do not know. You know, I often talk about we make up stories and we live our life by the stories that we tell ourselves. And we can really start to tell ourselves a new story in a moment. It doesn't need to be true. Mm but we can still live into that story and we can make it true. And in that moment of realizing that I was walking around in life and business, believing that it was all on me, I chose a new story. 
And the news story was actually I am fully supported. And I talk about the presence of my um, foster parents living in everything that I do. And it was this real awareness, like they're there that they are here if you've got no other guardian angels if, if there's if there's nothing else they are here and with you and that means that you can let go mm. that means that you can trust and letting go and trusting are absolutely foundational pieces when it comes to living into abundance yeah yeah I actually have a question for you on the note of letting go. Whenever you recommend a book, I, I get it straight away. <laughs> I'm like, Susie reads. I'm like, I'm going to get that straight away. Totally trust your opinion. And one of the books that you recommended was Letting Go. Mm. By, um, Do- whose name talking. Yes, thank you. And I was wondering, it's an incredible book for anyone who hasn't accessed it. It's a real eye-opener. I know I'm going to go back to it as Mm. a reference book again and again and again because you just can't possibly take it all in in the first sitting. I was wondering, what did you take from that book as someone who knows a lot about surrender, letting go? Did that add another layer for you in, in terms of how you actually embody letting go? Oh, my God, yes. What's really interesting is, is the first time I picked that book up, it was maybe three or four years ago, and I decided I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I decided I didn't like it is because I had stuff that I didn't want to let go of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... The first chapter, um, I'm just like, God, this guy wanging on, isn't he? You know, (laughs) God, completely closed. And then the next time I read it, I'm like, holy fucking God, Mm. this is blowing my mind and blowing my heart. And I think that, you know, it's just always another layer. Mm. It's always another layer. And timing is just really, really important because if you are not in the right headspace, I, it's, it's the same message, same words, same audiobook. I listen to it and I think that that's rubbish. I don't get it. It doesn't resonate with me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's true for that moment. Three years later, totally different headspace. I think it's the most powerful and profound book that I have read in years. Mm. and so uh, you know it's just another layer of letting go it's that noticing in the moment and it's so funny because even this morning I'm looking at things and I'm feeling into my body like where's the contraction where do I get to breathe where do I get to expand it's just that letting go and it's like something that you could just when you're feeling shame, go to the shame bit, have a look, what are the words? Ah, okay. You know, when you're feeling guilt, what are the words? Ah, okay. You know, you could literally use it. You should use it as a reference book. You should be tuning in and asking yourself, what is it that I'm experiencing in this moment? 
that I'm resisting, that I am holding on to. Okay, let me go to that bit in the book and let me just hear his words mm. and see what lands. Mm. And I appreciate how you are able to take that and to use the words to inform the action. And mm. it, for you, what you shared just now was as simple as noticing the contraction in your body and choosing to release through your breath and it Mm. can't be said too many times as someone who you know studied human sexuality and did sexological body work and all of these things the breath the breath the breath the breath the breath and even if you know all about the breath doesn't matter you still need reminding come back to the breath come back to the breath isn't it amazing I've got goosebumps and we're talking about bloody breathing it's like (laughs) We overcomplicate things so much. You know, we are up in our heads. We want to make it difficult. And I'm so glad that you brought the book up because it's just for me the perfect example that it's everything that's what's going on in your head at any given time. You know, how much ness and the judgment of what is going on in your head at any given time will determine your capacity to take the next best step. Mm. That's all we really need to do, take the next best step. And the number of times we as individuals get our knickers in a twist, (laughs) go round and round in circles, bang our head against the brick wall trying to find the thing it's like the thing you've already got the thing take a minute mm-hmm. breathe mm. what do you intuitively know is the right next step sometimes the right next step is asking for support mm. you know i think that we also get that a bit twisted yeah. you know the answer within sometimes is to ask for help yeah. As it was with me 10 years ago, I needed to ask for help. And instead, I'm in my head thinking I'm so alone. Nobody understands me and everybody's an asshole. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the story that you're living into. So that becomes true. Mm. And sometimes in asking for support, you realize that you're answering your own question as well. Yes. And that's what I picked up when I was writing my book, Permission part of what informed writing that was I noticed, started to notice when I was going to people asking things when I already knew what answer I wanted them to say. But it's still, I think it's still a helpful exercise to seek support and to lend a voice to what's troubling you and to ask for an ear because you just never know what's going to be fed back to you and how it's going to facilitate your sense of surrender it's going to help you feel seen and help you feel heard and reconnected again when the story wants to tell you to go it alone and stay in contraction and that has cost me so so dearly and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with you was I knew that I was just playing out the same story of going it alone and being in contraction and um, I just want everyone listening to realize that it, you can simplify it, like Susie said, you can simply breathe and reach out to one person, mm-hmm. and that can be a game changer. 
I think when I think about the work that you are doing and expanding into and even the conversation that we're having in this podcast it's so imperative that you have people who can ask you great questions Mm. and so the support piece is a real balance between disempowering yourself and believing that you don't have any of the answers Mm. that's not a great way to ask Mm. for support and then going to people who are mentors you you know you say confidence Mm. and being able to ask a question or have them ask you a question them ask you a question that immediately makes you think in a different way and that's what was happening in that program like do you feel like you are supported or not Mm. it was a DIY course it wasn't even a mentor but Mm. the woman who asked the question she changed my life in that moment because I realized that I could change the story to I am fully supported incredible incredible just the power of words and the words and their meaning meeting you at the Mm. point that you're most receptive to them yeah so incredibly powerful and I think one of the most I mean there's a lot of Susie quotes in today's podcast but one of the earliest things that you ask us and you ask us again over time is um what am I no longer available for and it's so the language is so simple like but the word available it's like where has that been in my life where has that been in my lexicon and it's not Mm. what are your boundaries which other people ask or Mm. you know what a I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's a certain dialogue out there and it gets a little bit overused and then it's less impactful, but what am I no longer available for just asking questions like that and yeah. um, can be incredible can like you said life-changing. I think that every time we're up leveling, every time we want to make a shift, every time we want to make a change in our life or in our business, we have to ask ourselves that question. Mm. And I think that when we get really honest with ourselves, the answers that come up that are required for you to live into when you do want to make a quantum shift, because I think that we talk about quantum shifts and quantum leaps and people think that they're sexy. And I think that they can be sexy, but what is required of you to make a quantum leap or shift in your life is quantum expansion. And in order for you to have the space for quantum expansion, you have to release a lot of shit, a lot of stories, sometimes people, sometimes clients, Mm. sometimes our pricing. All of these things have to go. And what happens is that we have this like fight with our ego saying it is unsafe for you to go in this direction. It is not safe for you to let go of that. You are about to make a big mistake. You need to slow down. You need to put the brakes on. Let's just check out what the fuck you're doing. And most people think that they want the quantum lift, the the quantum lift, the quantum (laughs) shift. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to hashtag and trademark that one. (laughs) Most people think they want the quantum shift, but they don't want to make the quantum transformation required for that shift to happen. 
And I think that as a coach and a mentor, it is very interesting to observe it. Whilst also, I'm always looking for my own quantum lift. What is it with that? We're going to have it's to a new, allow it to come through, surrender <laughs> to, <laughs> to the new concepts that you're channeling. <laughs> I, I'm always looking for my own quantum shift. Yeah. And um, I think that. Yeah, it's a little bit easy to overlook what is required. Mm. And I think that in order for you to really step into it, you have to have a big vision. You have to be very clear on the impact that you desire to make to warrant you being prepared to release the things that are no longer serving you at the new level. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you put the big vision against the what you're currently doing, that is where you see that incongruence. You you get a you get a stark visual of it. It's like I'm saying this, but I'm still saying yes to these clients that are nowhere near these clients that I want to serve. And it just becomes yeah. you you can feel how out of alignment or I'll own it. I felt how out of alignment it was when yeah. uh, you put that to us. And I was like, I can't say yes anymore to to certain people or certain projects or certain opportunities yeah. because it doesn't align with the new higher vision. And, yeah, that's something that you've got to keep in mind as you continue to go if you want the sexy version of yeah. the quantum leaps and the quantum shifts. And I think it's not even something that you have to keep in mind. It's something that you have to embody Mm. because I think that, so first of all, people make the decision, okay, I'm ready. I want to make the leap. I want to make the leap. (gasps) I want to make the transformation. And then you say, um, okay, I need to release. I need you to release X, Y, and Z. Or they say, okay, I need to release X, Y, and Z. And you go, okay, great. Release that. And intellectually they have released it but physically they haven't embodied that next level and so there is literally this argument internal argument going on with the head saying the head can either be saying you you you've said that you don't want this anymore you're not doing it you're not doing it but the body is still um, acting at that lower level mm-hmm. or vice versa you've got the head saying it's not safe it's not safe it's not safe and the body going oh but I feel really called I, you know I feel it in my heart I'm supposed to be over here but my head's telling me no mm-hmm. and so it's that that this is the best way that I've ever had this conversation so it's really clear what the word alignment means you have to bring the head and the body you know, the mind and the soul, the mind and the heart into alignment. Mm. And it's when you get that alignment that you can then make the leap. Yeah. Yeah. Now would be a good time to ask. I've heard you say no matter how good it is, there's an invitation for you to go deeper. Yeah. In what ways in your personal life are you going deeper? Oh, I mean, uh, 
For me, probably the biggest area is around sexuality and sensuality. Mm. That is where I am going deeper and knowing that that exploration of myself is really important actually for my next level of evolution and expansion because it's that that intimacy piece with yourself and your capacity to allow in pleasure and receiving and all of that good stuff that I know that there is just there's a depth that I have yet to you know fully dive into and so yeah that is that's a place right now that's big yeah Yes, yes. That's exciting that you're on the precipice of really tapping into that depth. And what I always loved about working with sensuality and sexuality and then uh, being asked myself to embody it is that it's endless. It just can take you on such a journey and the points that you feel aren't deep enough in retrospect can be incredibly deep it's just they don't look like a certain you know like a certain way or you you don't think it might be as intense as it could have been but there's just so many pleasant surprises that can happen on that Mm. journey so I love that you said that um, because it's missing from a lot of personal growth work and spiritual work and personal development work still quite taboo I'm curious how much of that part of your body of work do you bring into the work that you do now it will always be a thread and I always want to remain open to including it in this new body of work because when you go to the depths of sexuality and you work with someone around their sexuality, you it's like it's a domino effect. You see mm. everything else and all the other personal growth out work out there goes and everything just kind of clicks into place. So I often said shared that with my clients. It's like you're really brave for doing this. You're you're being incredibly vulnerable by stepping forward you doing this is going to make other aspects of the work click into place and be especially potent. So mm. I love it. I value it. I respect it. I It's an integral part of my identity is my sensuality and sexuality because it's one of my highest values. And I can't talk to women about their secrets without referencing their eroticism and their Mm. fantasies and Mm. their inner world and what it is that they desire. Um, And when I use the word desire, that's kind of a controversial word in that letting go book. It's got a different spin on it, but what is it? I mean it in the most healthiest expression. What what is it that they yearn for that they've Mm. historically denied themselves? So, And our sexuality is one of the most powerful pieces of ourselves so yeah to answer your question yes definitely it just won't be the centerpiece 
Whereas before it was, come and talk to me about your sexuality concerns and I'll help you move through them. Now Mm -hmm. it's more about, come talk to me about what's concerning you within your personal world, your inner world, your personal realm, what feels unseen, what feels hidden, and an aspect of what we cover will be your sensuality and sexuality. And that feels that feels really good that I can actually be a bit broader than um, just speaking to the sexuality piece first and foremost. Well, we're whole beings, aren't we? So yes. it completely makes sense that you get to look at all of those areas where mm. we are not seen and heard. Yeah, yeah. So, Susie, when you're at the level of recognition that you're at and you're being seen as much as you are, I think people tend to assume that they're seeing all of you. Mm. You and I are both women that see the unseen. I'm curious, where do you go, what do you do, or who do you turn to to access the, all the unseen parts of yourself when you are so visible? Wow. I don't know. (laughs) I, in all honesty, I think that what, where I am right now in my life, and you know, I'm going through a separation with my partner Mm. that that's, I'm going inwards. Mm. you know I am exploring my own unseen terrain and I am I'm getting to know myself more deeply I'm not really looking externally for people to see me what I do have is a glorious glorious network of friends and mentors and I am even in this moment like this week a point of recording I'm getting even more tuned in and sensitive to the places that I can go and truly allow myself to express and so it's such it's really beautiful us having this conversation here because this is not the normal type of conversation that I would have on a podcast and it is the type of conversation that I might have with my dear friends or some of my mindset mentors Mm -hmm. you know not strategy people but people who are not dissimilar to the work that you do who are there to help me expand Mm. and I really relish I really relish the time that I spend with myself and also knowing that I can pick up a Voxer and I can talk for three or four minutes about what is on my mind or in my heart and receive back a transmission from somebody that is so rich and dense in beautiful energy that I doesn't matter what they're saying my whole self gets to expand just a little bit more like that's the power of the the network that I have created they see I I pick people who are 
um, just high level people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm not talking about the jobs they do or how much no. money they earn. No. Um, I'm talking about their energy. I'm talking about their frequency. I'm talking about the way I'm talking about their intonations. I'm talking about the way they kind of that I hear the sing song and I observe the dance with life and I know that that is fully available to me and they reflect that they're in my life because they they're a reflection of not only me but also what is possible and so that continuous expansion and transformation is happening in those spaces where I am just fully allowing myself to lean more deeply into this part of me. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. And from what you've said, I'm taking away that there's first and foremost, you're looking inward. And then when you need that external support, you're reaching out for that. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be one or the other. You don't have to choose. You can have both because we live mm-hmm. in an end universe. You can have mm-hmm. the self-introspection. You can see the unseen parts of yourself and ask for what you need through your networks and through your connections. Yeah. And the really, really key piece in there was how it's about the energy and Susie has chosen those people to be around her. And I just want listeners to know, because I do get messages from women DMs on Instagram talking about how lonely women are, how they've got no network of support. And I just want you to know that there is always a network of support out there. You might have to do some, you might have to do some investigation. You might have to dig deep, but there are always people out there to meet you and to share that energy exchange with. Yeah, you might have to pay. And you might have to pay, yes. Another Yep, you might have you, to pay you for might it. Have to pay. Yeah, and, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's really, really okay. Yeah, because depending on where you have grown up, depending on who you work with, depending on where you live right now, your peer group may not be those people, those yeah. type of people that are going to allow you the grace to explore yourself, your energy. And they may not be the type of people who, when they speak, you expand. Mm. And that's okay. You can wait and intend and, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to manifest this person into my life. Or you can just pay someone who who makes you feel good yeah. <laughs> makes you feel like that as you can see with their content yes. like it's not that's what I've done like it's not it's not magic and I've said this to clients for years they're like how come you've got such a great network well I paid to be in that yeah network. yeah yeah and then I yep. built relationships mm-hmm. yeah yeah most definitely and the benefit of paying someone is that you can enter into an exchange where you get your needs met and your feelings centered and you get to explore what it is that you need to explore with minimal input. It's not what I want to say, but minimal disturbance from or disruption from 
people trying to override with their own story, their own problems, or it's just, it's a very clear exchange. And that's what I love about therapeutic processes is, and I think we all need that. We all need spaces where our needs are centered and we can be seen and heard. And we need to pay for that because friends sometimes can't do that. A hundred percent, you know where your friends are human and they've got yeah. their own crap going on and you yeah. say one thing they and they immediately go and, but it wasn't me and, da, 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 and it's like no it's not about you this is about me can we yeah can we bring it back to me <laughs> again can we yeah yep yeah it's much clearer exchange less likelihood of disappointment <laughs> yeah um one of my favorite quotes of yours comes from your podcast episode about having it all. You say it's not about having it all, it's about having all of yourself. Mm. Now, I know then that just reverberated through my soul when I heard those words through um, your podcast. Now, I know so many of my listeners and followers and my members in Secret Society are going to get this on a cerebral level. They're mm. going to say, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But potentially mm. struggle to really embody it. When we're inhabiting so many roles and identities, how can we have all of ourselves? Wow, what a question. <laughs> I think for me, I notice where I'm not allowing Mm -hmm. I notice when I'm in contraction Mm -hmm. I'm noticing where I am uh, judging desires Mm -hmm. I'm noticing where I'm capping myself you know and having all of yourself is that real knowing and embodiment of your limitlessness and so I don't think that it's something that you wake up and you're like okay I'm having all of myself today (laughs) but I think that step by step it's really owning what you are available for yeah I am available for high level clients yeah I am available for mind-blowing sex. I am available to be held and supported. And it's really noticing where am I not acting in alignment with knowing what I'm available for and changing your behavior. Mm. You know, and it's just bit by bit by bit by bit. Mm. And bring some of that dialogue that you just shared into the moment where you're tempted to just, using the example of sex, to shut down, mm-hmm. just curl up in a ball and, you know, lie, on, feel, lie in fetal position on the edge of the bed. It's about mm-hmm. catching yourself in that moment and saying, wait, am I allowing myself to have mind-blowing sex right now? Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to bring it into the very real situations where we just want to default to one of our primal brain fear responses, Mm -hmm. where we do just want to go into contraction because it's familiar and it's comfortable and it's known. So that's a really beautiful question that listeners can ask themselves when they're in the thick of confronting that choice. Yeah. 
And I think that having that bigger picture, even if you don't know what it is that you want to be doing, having that bigger picture of how you desire to feel, Mm. you know, how do I want to feel? Mm. How am I going to know that I'm on track? Well, I'm going to be feeling this way. And then looking at your behaviours, is watching six hours of Netflix um, in a day helping me feel this way? No? No. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I can feel this Mm. way so I can create spaciousness. Mm. It's like... I think I just want to invite everybody to come back to what does limitless feel like for you? You know, when I say it, I feel it in my chest and I Mm. see myself just expanding like right around the world. Yeah. And there's nothing that that version of me cannot do, be or have Mm. that is in alignment with my soul. Mm. I'm not going to be going to the moon anytime soon, but that is not my desire or in alignment with myself. You know, Mm. that's not what I am supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know. And the beautiful thing about limitlessness from what you've just shared is that it's an internal state. It's not, it's not limitless means I can travel around the world whenever I want to, you know, whenever I say go, because as we've observed, there can be barriers to to actually doing that. It's an internal state and it's all about your energy and it's all about you allowing yourself to be a truly cosmic being of this Mm. universe rather than one that's relegated to the doing mode and the I mean that the doing and the action is important but from what you're saying it's it's internal Mm, which gives you more power which gives you all the more power Mm. can't control the external stuff um Susie last big question and then I've got some quick shoot questions for you we've talked a lot today about like what women grapple with and what they can see all um what are three things that you want women struggling with being their fullest selves to know and they've already got so many generous ideas from you just wondering if there's anything else I think that it's safe for you to desire more Mm it's it, it's okay yeah. to have a bigger desire than where you are at that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you a selfish person it doesn't make you a greedy person it is just is so yeah it's safe for you to desire more i uh, i really want you to tune into the knowingness of being supported Mm. even if you're a single mom Mm. even if your partner doesn't get it even if your family have disowned you i uh, i want you to tune into the knowing that you are supported because it changes things 
Amazing. And I think that the last thing I want people to know is that that you're needed. We we need you. We need your energy. Yes. Mm. Yes. You're valuable and we need you. Yeah. Yeah. 101% agree. The more the more I do this work and the more I step into my own ownership, the more I see how different everyone is and how everyone fits into the design, this beautiful circular design and how all the cogs can just move together with so much flow. And I know a bathroom stall moment or a dark night of the soul will tell you otherwise. It will say, you are alone. This is the way it is. There's no way out. But I want to reassure everyone listening that there is so much space for you and you do, like Susie said, you have so much value and we need you. Mm-hmm. We need you. And especially the women that are expanding, they're not on their own. What If you could see the networks of women that are supporting the women expanding, then you'd realise that we need everyone and then you can expand from their expansion. It's just a beautiful web okay. and I love it. And um yeah, the more, the older I get, the more, like, the deeper my love and respect and acknowledgement is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you, Susie. Thank you. Beautiful answers. Now, I just have a couple of quick shoot questions for you. Just answer as quick as you can from your beautiful, intuitive heart. What's your favourite sensation? Love. <laughs> What's your favourite secret place? <laughs> My vagina. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favourite answer so far. I'm not meant to have (laughs) favourites. What's one secret talent you possess? I, mean, I don't really have many sec- I don't I don't think I have any secret talents. I think they're all out there. They're all out there. <laughs> yeah. What's your secret pleasure? Being by myself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, love it. Love it. I love it when I see you in a hotel room on your own on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I could just you so need that. <laughs> who's uh who's one woman who's really seen you? My mum. And what's one, oh, sorry, one-on-one conversation or mingling through a bustling soiree? One-on-one. Yes, yes. (laughs) We're here for the one-on-one and the depth. Thank you so much, Susie. This has been illuminating, enlightening, deep and loving and even though it's nighttime here in Australia, I'm on a high. I'm wondering, um, where can we find you? Um, the best place to come and play with me is over on the um, over on Facebook. The Quantum Success Hub for yes. female entrepreneurs is where we hang and where we go live every Thursday. 
Yes, yes. Join that group. It is so value laden. And like Susie said, it's fun. You just get to play. It's not it's not a bog standard stale Facebook group. It's an actual thriving alive hive of <laughs> activity. Um, thank you so much, Susie. And Susie's Instagram is amazing as well, everyone. If you want to follow her at Susie underscore Ashworth. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this episode has contributed to your understanding of your secret self. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and tag me in so more women can feel seen and understood. And if you want to ensure you're in on all the secret sharing, then subscribe so you don't miss a whisper.